Welcome to She's a DPM, a platform for women to share their experiences, knowledge, and insights on cultivating a life in and outside the field of podiatric medicine and surgery. Welcome back to She's a DPM. I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Oxman, and today I have the privilege to have the founders of Boards Blast on, Drs. Levick, Brucato, Van, and Sharma. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for having us. Excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you. This is exciting. This is the first group interview, so I'm looking forward to it. You guys already have a really positive energy. <laughs> that's one way to say it. <laughs> yeah. If you wouldn't mind just starting, um, introducing yourself, where you practice, train history, whatever you want, just to tell the audience a little about yourself. Um, okay. Hi guys. I'm Dr. Lisa Levick. Um, I practice in the Chicagoland area. I have three offices in Fox River Grove, Algonquin and Displains, hopefully opening a fourth office. I work for um, Dr. Steve and Bob Kiprell, and they are fabulous. Shout out to them for being amazing people. Um, I practiced, or I practiced previously right out of residency in California. Uh, so that was a fun transition and did my residency at UCLA, which was great under Dr. Axon Nuvong and Dr. Dave Angst. It was great, learned a lot. Uh, and then, you know, worked out in California for a while, got pregnante and Back to Chicago, I went. Um, I am part of the Rush faculty, and I love teaching my residents. I think they're great, and uh, you know, just giving back. So, awesome. Awesome. I'll go next. I'm Mary Ellen Brucato. I am in private practice. I own my own practice and uh, have two other doctors working as well alongside with me. Um, we have three offices right now, and I'm really proud because we've only been open for two years. So really heavily involved in developing uh, my private practice and doing practice management type stuff and, and things like that. I trained in Morristown Hospital in New Jersey. Um, and uh, nowadays, I'm involved in multiple different residency programs, either training them in the hospital or um, doing research and academics with them. And um, I also helped um, my mentor, Dr. Mark Solomon, open the Pediatric Foot and Ankle Fellowship a few years ago. So our fellow is like our little baby, and that's kind of like our baby project that um, we're very proud of. And if any of you are interested in doing fellowship, please check it out. It, it's amazing. Well, that's a tough one to follow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, it's, this is uh, Dr. Jennifer Van. Um, I am an attending at Temple University Hospital in Philadelphia. I'm also faculty at the school, so I'm in, I'm in academic medicine. Um, I'm the current chair of the Department of Surgery at the Temple School of Podiatry. Um, I'm also the division chief at, of podiatric surgery at Temple University Hospital on the Jeans campus. Um, I'm pretty involved as far as different organizations within the podiatric community some of the local uh, organizations um, uh, lecturing and uh, doing uh, workshops as well as tri-state region. Um, I work with the residents um, a lot uh, and at the program at Temple, I love it. Uh, I also get to work with students. Uh, so it's, uh, I like to think of it as kind of like the best of both worlds. I get to have a practice and I also get to teach. 
uh, which is a little bit ironic to me because I, I don't necessarily think I'm the most patient person, but I, I, I actually really, really like the teaching aspect. Um, so yeah, that's me. And she has her MBA. Woo! Yeah. yeah. Yes. That's awesome. Uh, hi guys, I'm Dr. Sheetal Sharma. Um, I work in the North Jersey area, both New Jersey and New York. I'm part of Hudson Pro Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. <clears throat> I did have a private practice beforehand and a couple years back I decided that I kind of wanted to leave the independent practice model and, and join a, a larger group. So, so far, super happy. Unfortunately, it's an all-male environment at the moment, but you know we're working on it. Uh, I am the assistant director for Hoboken University Medical Center uh, in the works to become the director probably in the next year or two. So pretty excited yeah. about that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, uh, super excited. Thank you for having us today. Yeah. Thank you all for being on. You guys have such like a diverse background too in your practice and um, history. And yeah. eth ethnically, right? And, uh <laughs> Yeah, you can't yeah, see us, too. but, but we're, we're like a rainbow, you guys. Yeah, you can't you can judge us right now because well, we all sound the same. Look at I was us. wondering if you were going to say that after I said that. I was like, oh, well, hopefully they'll point that out. The, the, United, uh, the United Nations over here. Yeah. <laughs> the United um, Nations are for us. And then how do you all know each other? How did this group get started? Okay, I'm going to tell that story. So <laughs> there's this like little hidden gem on Facebook called the Pod Moms Group. I don't know if you're in it, Stephanie, but if you're not, if you're not, you should join it because you don't have to be a mom to be in it actually anymore. Okay, that's um, good to know. Yeah, it's great. So anyone listening, look for the group on Facebook. It is a little hidden gem of podiatry. And what it really is, is this kind of community of women that are practicing podiatrists and we kind of like, you know, put out questions, like any question you could think of, like it could be personal, like private practice related, contract related, whatever, like surgery related, people put x-rays in there and like what procedures would you do? So um, that we kind of, a bunch of us, the four of us really started, you know, being active on that maybe like a year and a half ago, two years ago. And there was always this girl on there like commenting and posting and it was always like you know um super flavorful and and honest and um usually the surgical answers is are were exactly what I would say and that person was Lisa so Lisa we were getting ready to go to ACFAST in San Antonio so Lisa puts on the group hey um who's going to ACFAST I'm going to organize everyone's going to meet up and we're going to go to dinner so I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go, whatever Sheetal goes. So um, we met in person. I already knew Sheetal and Jen because we graduated Temple together. But so in San Antonio, me and Sheetal met up with Lisa. We had dinner. We totally hit it off, obviously, because like Lisa's awesome. And mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. you know, we have a good time. We get back. I get back to New Jersey, you know, whatever. Don't think anything of it. And then out of the blue, one day Lisa calls me and she says, hey, I have a really great idea and I want you to be a part of it. And her idea was what was to become Words Blast. And she said, I already did a pilot with a bunch of other um, uh, people that were taking the boards for CBPS. And I think I like know how to teach it and I know what's important. So um, I said, sure, yeah, obviously it's a, it's a resounding yes, a thousand times yes for me. So uh, we were trying to work on like who would be the fourth person. And I recommended Jen. Jen and I had been close in school. I knew she was getting her MBA. I knew she was like top of, you know, the field 
um, at Temple in Philadelphia, and she also has a lot of business acumen. She's always had that. So uh, we got Jen involved, and that kind of was how we all we all started it. And we just started getting on phone calls and Zooms together, and, and we did everything um, virtually, which I think is also amazing because, um, you know, thank God for COVID because we were able to figure out how to create this company virtually and then as well as have our course completely virtual. Yeah. Um, so that's really our founding story. I don't know if you guys have anything to add to that. Yeah, no, that was, that was perfect. So yeah, that answers question number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know what, like that, that is a, I can't imagine, um, trying to create a startup virtually, but you guys seem like you work well together. What is boards blast for those that don't know? Yeah, so Boards Blast, um, well, I guess uh, historically we kind of know <clears throat> that the board pass rate, you know, for for the especially particularly ABFAS boards, they're tough, obviously. Um, and I, I think what we historically see is that the CBPS portion um, is, is the toughest, particularly the rear foot and, and uh, ankle section. Um, so one of the focuses for us is really focusing on breaking down uh, the computer simulated portion um, from section to section to section, um, you know, looking over the option choices. Why would you pick this versus something, uh, you know, something else? Um, what shouldn't you miss? So that that's our focus. We all got together, you know, because we were kind of frustrated in our own process, you know, trying to study for this exam. Um, and we heard from multiple other colleagues, residents, um, you know, existing faculty, um, how difficult the process was. And so for us, it's not just simply, hey, this is a business venture. We, we actually have an agenda. We really want to change the board pass rate for this. We want to make it as easy as we possibly can prepare, uh, you know, our residents prepare our existing, you know, faculty who have been struggling with passing this board um, to pass it. Um, and, and, you know, Dr. Levick, as, as Dr. Bocado said, you know, Dr. Levick tested this out actually while she was studying um, for, for the boards herself. Um, and, you know, she brought on a bunch of other, um, other female um, podiatrists, again, off of PPMG, um, and just, you know, created this kind of organized chaos in a way. Um, and, you know, she just kind of took off with it. And basically she created the baseline algorithm of, of what boards boss is today. Wow. That is, uh, that's awesome. And the fact that you were doing that while you were studying is impressive because I was only focused on studying and you're right. There was like, everyone asks, you can ask everybody what they study, but it's nothing's uniform and easily laid out is boards blast. So for me, I had to take part one and I, it was before fall of 2020. So I still have to take that part to CBPS. So is this Boards Blast um, beneficial both for like the residents who were taking that as qualification and then also for um, like my class and older with the certification part? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's for both the certification and in-training exam. Um, and of note, we created a pilot. Um, there, so I created the original pilot, which was in... 2019 when I was studying for my rear foot exam um, and it was a group of women who either were taking it for the first time or who have failed previously and 
what was amazing about it is that nobody knew what they were doing, but I had this kind of like this algorithm of what I thought it was to pass rear foot. And the only reason why I knew that is because I passed foot a couple of years prior. So I made this algorithm and I, you know, I'm like, okay, I think this is going to work. And I taught it over just like exactly what we're doing now. Um, and of those 30 people, there was a pass rate of 80%. Wow. Which was extremely high. And I'm like, wow, I'm wondering, was it me? <laughs> you know? I don't know. Of course. Of course it was. <laughs> no? Like, could have been, who knows, right? But I, we, at that point, I was like, I got to keep testing this because that is much higher than the national average. Um, so when we, the four of us got together, we put this to good use and we put this to an actual test where we included 50 residents from a divi uh, diverse uh, grouping of residency programs across the nation. Um, there were 50 residents and we made it as formal as possible, which included breakout rooms. It created, it, it included one-on-one -on -one training. It included, you know, I don't want to say the word pimping because it wasn't pimping. It was just in a collaborative, integrative, you know, collective response back and forth. Um, and the pass rate in 2021, or what was it to the, what was the last documented one? Was it 2021? Yep. Yeah. Um, it, it was like anywhere between 18 and 29% for the computer-based portion. And so 96% of the residents who took the pilot passed the computer-based portion foot and 70% of the residents who took the pilot passed the computer-based portion rear foot. And that's nearly triple the national average. So at that point, we're like, you guys, this, this, uh, what we're doing is totally working. And we needed to push this further because we can't accept these low pass rates. We just can't. Right. As a profession. Right. And that's really impressive. I think we recognize a void too, right? Like we've seen it from all different angles, right? Like as, as students, as residents, and now as educators, like we've seen this. And I think we all notice that, hey, you know, there's gotta be something out there that can like help people pass boards. Like there's just gotta be, you know? Um, and, you know, I think, I think when the results from the pilot came back, we we're like, yeah, this is it, you know? And, and we were really excited about it. Yeah, ab absolutely. I mean, those are already impressive um, numbers and numbers don't lie. So you kind of already explained this, but how does potentially like Boards Blast differ from the other board preparation services out there? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, there are so many that are available. Most of them are online platforms. There are some that are in person that you go. I'm sure that's changed since the onset um, of COVID. Where we differ, you know, of course there are in-person, you know, courses that you can take, but where we differ um, is that integrative um, part of, of this, of, of the learning process. You are talking to board certified surgeons. So let's say, you know, we th throw up a whole case um, and we're working it through, you know, whoever's in our, let's say our breakout room and on average, we'll probably have about eight to 12 people in a breakout room. Um, and let's say you're like, hey, doc, stop for a second. Why, why did you pick that? When do you ever have that ability to do that, right? So there's not one course out there that, that allows you to do that. And, and again, we find that that's the best way to learn 
it's one thing when you're doing didactic information and you're answering secondary and tertiary questions, right? That you can you can sit down, read McGlamoury's and all the other thousand available resources and try to answer, you know, the didactic portion. But the CBPS portion is a intuitive process, right? So sometimes you you could have everything going perfectly. And then one section, you're just like, I have no idea, you know, where do I go from here? Or, and, and if you've already done this, you know how this goes, where you could be doing everything and then you get to that treatment section and you're like, oh shit, I had no idea that that was the direction that this question was going, you yeah. know? So we break down every possible scenario, you know, for this, you yeah. know, if it's going in this direction, don't forget this. If it's, if you see this, absolutely avoid this, you know? So I think that that starts to create those algorithms. So it helps to organize the thought process of how to answer the CBPS because otherwise, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of like shit out of luck, you know, with trying to figure this thing out. Yeah. So our, our, our motto is um, prepare, strategize, execute. And we can't hold these candidates hands during the exam and they're going to prepare on their own. Right. So memorizing these drop down menus, we can't, we're, we can't teach them that, you know, you got to do that on your own, but where we come in and where we differ from the majority of the other board prep courses out there is that we give them a strategy. And these strategies are easy to memorize. They're real life. They are, um, in, it, it's automatic, <coughs> intuitive. You know, when people say like, oh, when you, when you downloaded iOS on your computer, was it easy to follow? Yeah, this is easy to follow. And um, it really takes it really puts the focus on why are you picking this as opposed to here's just the answer. Because most people, when they pick drop down menus, they're like, okay, I think it's this, but I'm not really sure that sounds good. Like I should probably put silver squid, but I'm not really sure. We explain why this is important for these types of questions. And so no other board preparation company does this, not one single one. That well, is that, helping you in boards, but that's also helping you just in like prep when you go out and practice and just your problem solving in life. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And that and that's the thing. Everybody's residency experience is, is different. Some are extremely intense. They have faculty and directors that are involved at the national level in any academic, you know, um, uh, you know, overseeing body. Um, and then you have programs that, that don't. Um, and so oftentimes when we're looking at CBPS, we want to kind of, again, intuitively look at it. It's like, well, this is what we trained on. This is, this is how we, you know, dealt with an ankle fracture or dealt with a flat foot reconstruction. But that's probably, you know, that may not be how the board looks at it, you know? So we, it's not that necessarily want to untrain what you learned. We want to build on it, but we also want you to kind of look at it like, this is probably what the board is looking for when you're trying to answer this specific question. Yes, use your experience because that's gonna definitely help you, um, but you need to know X, Y, and Z. And again, that's where that strategy component um, comes into play. And it's all about preparation, right? Like our, our goal is to have these candidates go in and when they get a question, it's not the first time they've seen it or like they, they already going into it, you know, our goal is to have they already they should already have like a game plan they should already know like exactly how they're going to navigate certain questions certain prompts you know i mean you think about it like you know you think about our scope there's only so much they can ask you right 
Um, they're not going to ask you, you know, open heart surgery, right? I mean, there's, there's certain like just big topics. And, and again, we're all involved with education. We're all involved with residencies. And it's almost like these cases that we put together, like, you know, we live them. Like we, we literally, they, they we, are we literally see them. Yeah. yeah, they're 100% our own cases. <laughs> and you guys, that yeah, you have your the finger on the pulse of what's changing too. So like you're um, probably constantly updating the curriculum too, which we'll get to. We are, yep, we yeah. absolutely are. I mean, from October till March, we've changed half of it already. Wow. I mean, if I could tell you how many emails I get from Lisa telling me to update my lectures. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, That's you nice to hear know. though. <laughs> Uh, I'm sick of that bone tumor. (laughs) (laughs) She's a tough CEO. That's you know, but that's nice to know that it's constantly updated. Uh, Do you guys have any personal like anecdotes that you want to share about your own board certification process? I have one. It's not really educational, but it's like fun story. (laughs) Yeah, I, I guess it's fun. It was not fun for me at the time. But um, when I took my board certification, um, you know, the, this, what are they, what's that called? Like step two or whatever. Was considered step oh two. yeah. Now it's was all- considered step two or whatever. So I was actually like six weeks postpartum and um, I had the uh, foot CVPS, didactic CVPS in the morning. Was it just CVPS? Yeah. Foot CVPS in the morning and then rear foot ankle in the afternoon. And I had been uh, breastfeeding. So and you could take a break in between the tests. So as soon as I finished the foot part, I had to go into the bathroom and pump and then go back into the test and take the rear and ankle one. And I took too much time. It took like all the time I could on the rear and ankle one. So by the time I was done, my tits were soaked and like my friends were like, yeah, let's go to the bar. I'm like, I can't go out like this. I'm like, what are you talking about? So, um, I like, I failed the rear foot ankle one that time. And I'm not surprised because how can you concentrate when there's milk leaking out of your nipples? You can't. Your onto your shirt. So I don't want to blame it on that, but it certainly has something to do with it. So, uh, I mean, I think so, you so could. What's, <laughs> what's the learning point there? What's the, what's the there's, takeaway? There's no learning point. Real life. Real learning point is people go through shit that the, the test may come around, you know, like your grandma might pass away and you have to take the test in the next two weeks. So like, if you fail, be easy on yourself, be nice yeah. to yourself and let, yeah. you know, say, okay, that happens. We'll get on next time. It's part of being human. It's part of the human condition. That's, yeah. that's my, really my point. That's a great I, point. I, yeah, totally agree. I think all of us have failed a portion of this at some point. And I think that's what makes all, all of us more human and more understanding and not just have board blast as a business, but more of a focus of human connection and human relationship and understanding what it means to really, you know, attempt to pass this. So, yeah. And that was a, no, not a fun story, but a, a funny story. So thanks for sharing. I was just going to say, watch, watch what you asked, I'm sure there's more. Yeah. <laughs> Um, are there any tips that you could share with the audience to like that you guys, I know outside of boards blast that you, um, did for your board certification process, maybe not related to the CBPS exam or. I would say stay organized, especially when you're submitting for your cases. I think that's, that's the biggest thing is like, just, just stay organized. And, uh, if you have, cause it's, it's 
confusing. Like when you're submitting for your cases, they ask for all these different things. Um, and I would say, don't hesitate to reach out to, to ask questions to the actual board. Like they're there for a reason. You know, they have like a winning hunter number, they get an email. I would say just stay organized in, in terms of submitting your actual cases for a review. Yeah, I would say collect your cases along the way. Um, don't wait four years later and say, eh, I think I'm gonna submit this year. No, 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 no. Like collect along the way. When you do a surgery, you not only dictate your op report, but then you go into, what is it? Podiatricsurgery.net and you put your you know, info on there with the patient and you log it because it, it's gonna get to the point where life is gonna get in the way it's happened to all of us and it's continuing to happen. I promise it'll happen to all of you too. And so it's important to, you know, what Dr. Van said, stay organized and make sure that you're always up to date. You're always collecting your cases. So, yeah. so this was actually a really good advice that I got was after, you know, you always get post-op x-rays, whether you get it in the PACU or whether you get it at your first post-op visit. I, you know, a, a pearl that someone gave me was email this to you all the time. And like, every time you get them, email them to yourself, you know, like, you know, patients, patient names, data surgery, whatever. And the reason for that is I've heard horror stories where people say they pulled these cases and that hospital closed. How am I going to get these x-rays from them? Or how am I going to get this? Or even, um, you know, horror stories where someone left the practice, maybe not on the best terms, and they're making it difficult for them to get those x-rays. Oh, yeah. So I, I would just say, you know, kind of what Dr. Levick said, you know, just collect along the way and that way it will be a lot less stressful when it's time to submit for board yeah. for the cases and i think for for residents um familiarize yourself uh with the certification documentation it's available on the abfas website this way um you're not having to backtrack i'm like oh my god i forgot a weight bearing x-ray or oh, oh my gosh i don't i don't follow that protocol um once you kind of know what their expectations are you go into your surgical practice, you know, trying to meet every one of those, you know, things that, you know, they're, they're ticking off. Um, I think that's like, I think starting early, knowing about it early and not waiting until like Dr. Van said, you know, when you're ready to submit, um, because it's, it's hard, you can't change what's already done. Um, so if you know from before, it's better. And full disclosure, we are not associated with any like certifying boards or anything like and if we were oh if, yeah we if, should if have we like have, one of those little warnings in the beginning send me the little blurb i'll put it in the show notes we've you know like yes yeah wow uh that just kind of lit uh, a fire under my ass because i <laughs> <laughs> you need to stay on top of that I didn't feel like collected and I know like I've been collecting my x-rays because I've heard those horror stories but I need to log um I need to log yeah yeah and and oh be extremely careful how you log those cases again definitely look at that documentation um because sometimes you can end up overlogging something underlogging something um but if you end up overlogging something that's not really that and they pull that case that's a problem. So no, all that was, um, great advice. So thank you. And I don't, you know, we tried to learn that like a little bit in residency, but once again, like it depends where you come from too. And everyone's, um, personal like history with it too. I know we already kind of touched on curriculum, but like what steps are you guys taking 
to build on the curriculum so that you know that Boards Blast is up to date? Yeah, this is a great question. I'll go back to, we're, we're all affiliated with residency programs. It's great. Um, and does that mean that we, you know, take cases from our residents? No, but that it, it just means that we're part of a large system where trauma is coming in all the time, or, um, you know, we have really horrible diabetic patients where the, they are getting complications left and right. And we're exposed to this. Our residents are exposed to it. Our fellows are exposed to this. And it, it's, it's everything that's coming in our private practice day in and day out. I mean, Dr. Bucato literally just got off work <laughs> and she, yeah. she's been doing this all day long. And, you know, she probably hasn't had a, a second for herself yet, but I mean, this is, this is just standard of what the four of us do. This isn't like, oh, you guys, we have to go look for a Halix Varus case. Like, no, we have it in our office. It's, you know, it's coming in tomorrow. So um, I think we're all, the four of us are at the forefront of this material. Um, we are involved with our residents. We're involved with journal clubs. We're involved with, um, you know, M&Ms, things like that, that can enhance the product that we're giving to the candidates who are taking our course. No, that's I think also the, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say that's excellent. So <laughs> yeah, no. And as far as like the material that we offer and just the interaction and just um, having that kind of like one-on-one -on -one, having those kind of small groups, I think, you know, that's how people learn. That's how people retain information. Um, and, you know, the information that we provide, like having it be accessible, like on demand, you know, um, I think those are all things that kind of set us apart. Yeah, these are not, and the thing is, is these cases that are coming in are not easy. You know, when they come to our office, it's not your typical bunion, I am angle is 14. Okay, we're going to do this procedure and we're done. These cases that are coming in are second, third, fourth opinions because now they've got underlying osteo, they have undiagnosed Charcot, they've got bone tumors that were undiagnosed. I mean, there's so many things that are making our cases incredibly difficult. And that is now the standard of these exams is it, they are difficult. They are difficult cases. Yeah. And multi-layered, definitely. Yeah. Yep. Uh, are there specific roles that you guys like have or play at Boards Boss? Like, or well, are well, you Mary guys Ellen's all? The, she's the inappropriate one. Are, are you asking us if we role play? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah, we do. Yeah. Here. Well, I thought that was obvious, but like, <laughs> like certain, um, someone like more leading uh, the lectures, are you guys like kind of split everything? Yeah. So we actually, um, that's a great question. We recently um, just gave ourselves all titles. Like Lisa, we asked her to be the CEO like probably six or eight months ago, something like that, because yeah. obviously it's like her little, you know, it's, it was her idea, you know, it's her baby. Like, yeah. you know, she was in charge. She was on top of us on top of everything, just like naturally just being our leader. So we're like, yeah, you're the CEO easily. And then, um, we were all, I think I was talking to Jen maybe. And I was like, you know, she told should be the um, chief technology officer because we're all pretty bad with technology. Horrible. So bad. Stuff. Like, yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't even know how to turn the computer on basically. So, um, so, uh, so we're like, Sheetal, please like deal with this. 
part. And then Jen, she's always been in charge of like our accounting. So um, usually when you open accounting um, or when you open an account, a, a company and you do your accounting, um, usually using like QuickBooks, like some type of program to do it for you, to help you do it. As you probably know, you probably have QuickBooks, right? Uh, you practice. you yeah. bet. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so we're not that advanced yet because we don't have that many transactions yet. So Jen's been doing it herself. Plus she has the MBA. So who's the most qualified? Right. So she's our CFO. And then um, I was like, I'll be the chief marketing officer um, because I just have experience with marketing in my own practice. That's kind of bled into this and let me um, kind of have an idea of what's going to work and what's not going to work. At least a little bit. You never know. Um, I was basically yeah. CEO by default because I can't do the other shit that they do. No, but that's no, great I, that you guys like definitely each one of you brings a unique part to board split it was perfect yeah. honestly we're like puzzle pieces that go like this together yeah it was meant to be and it was a nice way to kind of delegate things that you know maybe are that paired up with our stronger students too and it, and it kind of happened organically I, I would say yeah absolutely organically yeah no that is um awesome and then you guys all have a very busy surgical practice so how is balancing running a company and a surgical practice going <laughs> Jen's going to answer that one. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, you know, it kind of, Dr. Levitt touched base on this, how like just life gets busy in general, like after residency. And it's just, you know, I think you, you need to just really prioritize. I mean, first, like, so personally, like I just had a baby three months ago. Congrats. Um, Thank you. Third, her third, by the way. Third. Yeah. Oh. We, yeah. I don't know what we were thinking. It's just, it's just chaos now, but it's good chaos. Um, but yeah, no, I think you just really have to prioritize. And I think, you know, every, everyone's a little different, like how you prioritize, but you know, I think you, you really prioritize and you, you make time for it. I mean, there was, there was a point where we literally were meeting, we were meeting like almost every other night from like 9 PM to like 1 AM, like I would say pretty routinely and regularly just to get out the material. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we would be like falling asleep on the zooms. At least I would be. I'd be like, like guys, okay. we got the call. Okay, tell you gotta, you gotta give the infection lecture again. I didn't <laughs> be- yeah, but- and but I mean, we made it. We made it work. I mean, we had a schedule around ourselves, and we made it work. And sometimes it was like doing it at night, you know, uh, when the spouses, when everyone's spouses were home, or like when the kids were in bed, like whatever it may be. But I think just really, really prioritizing, um, and I think also like making decisions that kind of are in line with like your goal like just in general like what whatever you know what whatever your goal is x y and z be president of whatever like you know you're gonna get asked to do a lot and you're gonna get asked to volunteer and I think what you realize is that time is valuable and like you get to the point where you where you start thinking you know if I say yes to this can will this contribute to whatever my overall goal is and it's you know and ideally you want those things to to be connected and like contribute you know, a little piece of this contributes to that and just kind of like everything just melts together nicely. Uh, I had um, Dr. Adrian Ross on here. I don't know if you guys are familiar with her. She's not. Yeah, actually yeah. Her, yeah, her younger brother was uh, my junior resident when I was a third year. Oh, I was, awesome. I was his chief. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Well, she, what you just kind of were, were saying, like she says, it's like a Venn diagram and eventually you want all those outside circles to all be like contributing to like your main priorities. So 
that's yeah, it seems like the people that are good go-getters so that's what they're doing subconsciously so <laughs> yeah but just but to be clear like when we all first started we were all yesers yeah i know we all yes everybody and then as the years went on we were able to start saying no and really focus on it it's not something that you could really have the you know the luxury to do right out if you can awesome go for it but you really, you really always start wide and then kind of, and kind of narrow. And actually I read, Lisa, I read this Peloton quote today. Ah, um, bring it up the and, Peloton. And it. I know. And it was like, um, say no to protect your yes. And I, I just love, love, that, love that because that. if you just say yes to oh, everything, is that, is then that, you're not going to be able to say yes when you actually, when it actually counts, when you actually mean yes. it. Oh. Is that Robin? I was going to say, that definitely wasn't was Cody. Robin. Definitely not Cody. <laughs> Where that crown? <laughs> no, that's a great quote. Oh, um, what are your guys' future goals for Boards Blast? Look into the future. Yeah, the the, the biggest one that we have been talking about um, and will happen eventually is expanding into the the didactic portion of the exam. Um, actually, we we have a lot of didactic stuff for the computer-based portion. There's a lot of like great lectures. Um, so I don't wanna say that Words Blast is solely computer-based because that, that just wouldn't be true. We do have some um, didactic things, but we would wanna expand on that. Uh, it just, you know, our focus right now is computer-based portion. And that's partly because we realize that that is probably the most failed portion. So we're hitting, hitting that one hard. Yeah, and I think we've gotten a lot of feedback from people who did well from the pilot say, hey, can you guys do this for didactic, please? Yeah. And I think we were like, oh, yeah, you know, it's on the radar for sure. I mean, we've got we've got content for it. We just certainly have to build upon it still. Yeah, and things. Yeah. The other thing too, yeah, the other thing, too, is um, eventually when COVID is more, you know, maintained um, is to actually have this as a live in-person event somewhere where people could get CME for it and travel to a fabulous destination where we could all golf together and drink margaritas and, you know, actually enjoy it. And, and spoiler alert, it's not going to be Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, no just going to say that. I'm like, somewhere warm, please. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally, totally. Oh gosh. Yeah. We're about to get dumped on. I'm not ready for that here in Chicago. Snow wise. Oh, it's going to be so cold. Yeah. No, thanks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're going to get dumped on. Yeah. Um, the snow, the snow, the snow is coming. I yeah. You. The snow, snow. Um, mm -hmm. So you guys are all like entrepreneurs. I don't know if you all had like entrepreneurial blood in your system, like growing up um like lemonade stand sold like art and crafts at school or anything like that but no uh, I just stole money from Monopoly that was it yeah <laughs> <laughs> but now wrong, you guys Lisa. are uh so I feel like what what is some advice and maybe this is uh, personally too like um as somebody that was trying to you know start up a practice and you know the podcast like what advice do you have to other practitioners who are thinking about creating a startup I would say first off just go for it if you think about it too much and you ruminate over it and you think about the risk and all that then you're like never going to do it so you know 
okay. you know, right? Just jump in and go for it. And the second thing I would say is, look, like my practice is a startup and it's just constantly putting out fires. And what I was doing for the last couple of years was like, okay, well, like once we get through this problem, we'll be stable and it will be good. But every time some other new big problem would come along, like a insurance company would randomly kick us out of network or something, or, you know, someone would like five people would quit in the same week. And it is so now I finally accepted and realized that it's just always going to be putting out fires and you just have to kind of adapt and go with it and get better at putting out the fires. So as time goes on, um, it doesn't affect the company as much. And, yeah. you know, the, the really actually board, not going to words blasts, like hasn't really had too many. Oh, Jesus. Why did she knock on wood? Sorry, it's like nothing compared to my to my practice, but um, but I think that's it. Like some people, it's hard in the beginning, and that's why I like mentor I like a good amount of people that open their own practice, and um, that's what I always tell them. I'm like, it's gonna be hard, and you're gonna check the mail every day for the checks. You're gonna go to the mailbox, and you're gonna open it up, and you're gonna like look in it, and you're gonna be like, oh, there's no checks today, and then you get up the next day, and you go to the mailbox, and you look in, and there's no checks today. And it's like, you just got to keep checking the mail. And then guess what happens, Stephanie, right? You get that first check. And how, how good does that feel? Oh, it was great. I'm like, was she watching me today? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it feels awesome because you're like, I did this. Like I didn't work for someone else and they gave me a paycheck. Like I did this with my company and it's the greatest feeling ever. Yes. It's um, so much work, but it's so far, like so like it's gratifying like it's great very much so very much so and it gives you confidence and you're like you know I feel good about myself yeah I think the biggest thing is you'll never regret trying and I I think big picture too is like something to remember it's just like relationships are really important like even like you learned that in business school too you know like relationships maintaining relationships very very important um because you know you like you these relationships are, can be the foundation to help you when you're like in those crisis modes or, you know, if you have questions or like, you know, Hey, you know, I have a question about, you know, getting on insurances. Like, why can't I get on insurances? And why are these other, you know, uh, new practices able to get on insurances? Oh, well, maybe they're part of like a bigger group that you didn't know about. And, you know, we all function as private uh, practices, et cetera. But I think just kind of building relationships and maintaining those relationships is really important. Yeah. I think uh, for me, two things that I did, um, and again, this just kind of came with time and experience. One is goal setting. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people like to goal set at the beginning of the year. I don't even do it at the beginning of the year. I don't, I don't, I, I don't only do it at the beginning of the year. I'll, I'll do it kind of quarterly. And I'll revisit, you know, did I get any closer to whatever that's, did I, if I didn't, okay, no worries. Uh, but writing them down, uh, I think that, that that makes it so much more real. You can have an idea board and just those pictures, those visualizations, it just constantly is kind of stimulating you and reminding you that, hey, these are kind of my long-term goals, but I, at some point I'm going to hit that. And the other thing is eliminating the word failure out of your vocabulary. We've had this conversation via text message. I think um, as clinicians, as you know, type A personalities for what, what it is that we do, we beat ourselves up. Like Dr. Bucato was saying earlier, you have to get rid of 
that word failure. It happens, it's part of the process, it's part of the learning process, uh, and it's an experience. So if you change failure to experience, I promise you it's so much easier to kind of get past it. Um, again, you can change what's already done. You can give it a whole five seconds to bitch and complain and do whatever you have to, and then change your focus to what the next thing is. Um, and I think that it just helps you to sleep at night. You know, it helps you kind of stay motivated and just keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. all about the Nike quote, just do it. Just do it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm impulsive like that too. So I don't, you know, I'm the opposite of she tells. She's all, is like the one who is setting the goals. She's writing everything down. She's got the business plan. I'm like, let's do it. We'll figure it out later, but let's do it now. Yeah, the idea, the idea lady. <laughs> let's do it, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm working the other way around and slowing down a little bit, so. No, that was all excellent advice. And like, I'm super motivated. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, thank you guys. Um, is there any other things that we should know about Boards Blast before we move into our final thoughts and questions? Yeah. Um, so Boards Blast, we offer a review course twice a year, uh, once in March and once in October. And they are, they're not geared towards certain types of people taking it, but they um, circle around the date that that exam is being offered. So in March, it's usually for people who are taking the CVPS portion for the first time or who have failed the in-training exam or um, who, yeah, who need to take it at any point. And the October one is more geared towards the in-training exam for residents. But, you know, if people want to take the course early, they can do that. If they want to take it later, it, it, there's, no, there's no discrimination there. So... Um, it's usually given two weeks prior to the date, and they have access to every single live lecture that we do. It's a full day event. So they'll have access to the entire recording for the next two weeks up until their exam. We realize that two weeks prior is when people retain the most information, which is why that's when we uh, deliver the information. Um, they will have access to what we call our blast cards, which are condensed learning material, almost like flashcards online. Patent so people pending. Have patent pending, patent pending <laughs> at their disposal. So they'll have that. Um, and then they also have one-on-one -on -one, uh, support from the four of us. So if there's emails that they're confused about there, they don't understand why we picked this for one of the portions of the dropdowns. They, they have our cell phones. They can reach out to us at any time. This isn't something that's like, okay, here it is and bye. This is, you, they have one-on-one -on -one support up until the day of their exam. That's a, um, you're right. There's not really another preparation out there that's offering that. So yeah. that is great. And then is there like a, I know you said like March 5th, but is there like a deadline for this upcoming one? Or did you mention that? Like to sign um, up? Yeah. I mean, there's not really a deadline. I mean, up until the, the date of, of, of March 5th, people can sign up. We do, however, uh, have a limited amount of spots. And it's not because we wanna close out the amount of people, but rather we find that the smaller the grouping, the more people retain the knowledge, um, the, more, the more they feel that they're, they're willing to participate and to you know, be an integral part of the process. So it's not that we're being discriminative saying we can't have more than X amount of people. It's just, it doesn't work for our type of 
platform and it's more effective of the person. Yeah. Under understood. So if you're interested, sign Do up early. Yeah. And <laughs> stop by our booth at ActFest. Oh yeah. Do you um, have a booth number or like yeah, 520, 520. 520. Perfect. Everyone go say hi to them. They're wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Come by and get another story from Dr. Brucato. We <laughs> <laughs> got so many stories from Dr. Brucato. Yeah. So for free. <laughs> and my CFO is going to be there and he's a young male. So please stop by. Yeah, Dr. Dr. Brucato has been doing major marketing on ACFAS um, for Austin this year, which is February 23rd through the 27th. Um, we'll be having a happy hour. When is it, Mayor? On the 25th, Friday the 25th from 537 on Rainy Street. Oh, gosh, that's going to be so much fun. Oh. Yeah, okay, everyone should go. Because we're cool. Because we're the cool people. We're cool yeah. moms, guys. Rainy Street's we're the cool. best. Yeah. We're not regular moms. We're cool moms. I'm not. <laughs> but we'll be, you know, we'll be happy to answer any of your questions while you're there. We've got some amazing swag to get, you know, when you, you come by because we're cool like that. Um, Pretty yeah. sure if we keep saying we're cool, that means you're not cool though, right? Like, is that, is that, is that how it works? No, if I'm you have not to cool. say you're cool, you're not cool. I'm, gonna yeah. say I'm a cool mom. mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's, um, thank you guys for answering all the boards blasts. That's uh, really like informative. And um, I wish I was going to ACFest this year. It's my godson's first birthday. So I can't, uh, you know, life, that life thing, that yeah. priority thing. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Important thing. I gotta go. Yeah. Um, what is something outside of podiatry that you're currently learning? Maybe it's running a startup, but <laughs> anything additional? Golf. I, uh, golf, I think all of us golf. <laughs> That's awesome. Are you in the winter? Are you guys going to like a uh, simulation like places? Yep. Today I went to yeah. the dome in Highland Park and I practiced with my husband because he's really good. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love it. It's so hard. I think I love it because it's so difficult. It is so I, difficult. I, and it's nice though, because you like kind of play yourself. You know what I mean? It's such like a mental game. Like I'm probably like the this biggest novice out of, in the winter. <laughs> out of Oh my gosh, Ito. I didn't know that. Showed a little pet pet thing. She tells working on her short game. And the outfits are so fun. And like the shoes and like the covers, like it's the best. So that's exciting. And I always eat a bag of Fritos. (laughs) Yeah. Snacks. But you guys are you guys are good. You guys are legit. Like I remember when I first like when you guys were like, Oh yeah, we love golf. I was like, Yeah, I'm kind of into I'm like Marianne, I don't even know how many holes there are on the golf course. Are there 19 (laughs) or are there 18? I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there might be 19. <laughs> yeah. Depends on the day. Depends on the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When yeah. Dr. Mercado starts doing cartwheels on the 18th hole, you know it's a good day. <laughs> that wow. happened at the Temple Alumni outing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that must have been after I left when the lady thought I was yeah, going. Yeah, it was totally after you left. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Um, and then the final question is, what is a tip that you wish you could tell your younger self about pursuing a career in podiatric medicine and surgery? Go, in, <laughs> go into banking. No, I'm just, um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely happy I made this choice. Um, 
you know, I definitely was considering, you know, various options in, in healthcare. Um, and it, you know, podiatry kind of fell into my lap by luck. Um, it wasn't something that I even knew about. Um, I don't know. I mean, I remember what I said, you can't change what's already done. But of course, you know, I, I, what anybody would say is just, you know, stay motivated, stay motivated, study harder, you know, <laughs> try to reach for all the best things that you can possibly get. Um, yeah, I think probably the biggest one, because I've had so many, so many ups and downs with my career. You know, I had such a great job in California. And then there was another job that I had, I got pushed out of it. I mean, there's so many things, so many ups and downs that I went through. And I think the biggest thing is if, if I could, oh man, if I could go back and like slap myself a little, I'd probably do that. But, um, you know, the biggest focus is, you know, when one door closes, another like 10 open. And it's so true. It's so true. And the further uh, I, you get into your career, yeah, I, I think for me, because I'm in education, like I'm like involved with school, I think something is like for me would just be, you know, just podiatry is like, it's, it's, it's a small profession, you know, and like, I think everyone should try to stay active and kind of give back in some way or another, you know what I mean? Like there's people before us that kind of open doors for us, like kind of what we do today is so different than what was done like 20 years ago. So I think maybe like, don't lose sight of that and just you know, just stay active because it's kind of like, um, you know, whether it be with national organizations or, or whatever, your local organization or, you know, like lobbying, et cetera. I think just, you know, stay active um, and just really kind of get back to the profession. I love that. Um, I would probably say um, something I had to learn the hard way um, because I worked for someone for six years before opening up my own place. And I was like, I worked like a doc. I worked every Saturday for like seven years. And um, like I took call at like four or five different hospitals and like I did this and that and whatever. And, um, you know, I, I missed a lot of things. I missed a lot of events. I missed weddings. I missed a lot of stuff because I was working. And I would, I totally regret all of that. And I would go back and tell myself like, no, the most important thing is not work. It may feel like it is because our jobs are very important, but it's actually not the most important. And the most important thing is like Jen said earlier, your relationships with people, your connectedness to people. Um, so I would love to go back and tell myself, but I can't, you know, um, but now I know that going forward and that's what I like to tell other people. It's like, yeah. And there's you know, no way, there's no way all four of us would be doing this if we felt like this was a job. There's no, oh, yeah. there's no, definitely. Way. Yeah. We have enough things in our lives that are job life. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Jen, tell, tell um, Stephanie what you texted us the one day when you were like feeling emotional and pregnant. Um, I, that never happened. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Are you, are you, are you talking about when I was just like, you know, just really grateful for you guys? Yeah, you're like, even if this fails, I'll be happy that we still did yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was basically, yeah, I was like, you know, startups are a risk, right? Like, just like opening up your own business is a risk. And, you know, we all know, like, we, we've we invested a lot of time into this, like time, money, you know, time away from our family, our kids, you know, um, 
and at the end of the day, I was like, you know, even if this board blast fails and let's say it just doesn't go off the way that we, we want it to, or the way that we envisioned, like, I, I really feel like it's a win for me because, you know, like I've gotten so much closer to these people and just like our friendship and, you know, it's, I'm walking away as a win. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's really beautiful. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. it's gonna work because you guys are like a good group, but also like it, if you're passionate and you're like building something, it, you're right. It's not a job. Like this is not a, yeah. it's not a job. It's just like, it's almost fun. It's challenging. Fun. Yeah. It's, it's fun. It, I think, yeah, this is fun. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, the things we share. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm actually curious. How did you decide to go into private practice? Like what made you kind of take the leap? just enough uh, naivety and thinking that I can uh, achieve it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just enough, do it for you. Just yeah. enough crazy and naivety that I'm like, I'm, I can do this. Um, I, after like, it was really during the fellowship and then like getting that uh, um, unique niche, like learning the nerve um, reconstructive surgery. And then just like trying to find a job during COVID too. I was like, why wouldn't I try this myself? And just, I, I don't know. I'm have a more, a little intuition and something was telling me to do that. Something was telling me to start this podcast. So I just listened to that and just go for it. Kind of what you said, just jump in cool. and just go for yeah. it. You build it. I love it. that. Mm-hmm. I was so excited to meet you because I see you all yeah. over online doing all the nerve courses and teaching and yeah. lecturing. I'm just like, yeah, you well, go same. girl. No, I, I always, I enjoy following you guys on online too. And I'm like, I was like watching for a while and I'm like, so you got to buck up and ask them to be on. Like, don't be, you're saying, don't be afraid to reach out. So <laughs> you got to right. know with us. Oh, no. <laughs> well, we got your email and we were like, woo. We No, and this was so much fun and I'm glad I got to meet you guys virtually and hopefully someday in, in person. And I would love to have you guys back anytime to talk. Cause this is so fun. <laughs> but oh. thank you guys all for being on it was so great to thanks for having on. us yeah, yes thank you so fun yeah it was a lot of fun yeah email me at dr.oxman at gmail.com the address is in the show notes below and let me know if there's a topic or if you know a kick-ass lady who should be interviewed thanks for listening looking forward to hearing your comments and suggestions on the podcast and remember Stay uncomfortable. That's where we grow.